What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Card Madness, the podcast that covers the entire collectible space, including sports cards, business, technology, and more, now brought to you in partnership with Fanatics Live. So for this episode, LZ and I brought on Daryl Gardner, a.k.a. Dr. Collectible, and we did a Shark Tank-style brainstorm on different business ideas in the hobby. These ideas should all be accessible. Even a teenager can pull them off. We're not trying to build a $100 million business. And I think we came up with some great ideas, and I'm really hoping that this resonates with someone in the audience. And if it does, please reach out to us because we want to help mentor you and execute these ideas if you'd like to jump in. Let's go. Now there's a sale by Bird. Underneath the DJ Kick is on the way, and it is What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. This is going to be a fun one. So I've got LZ here, like always, um, but we also have a guest, Dr. Collectible, Daryl Gardner. He's here with us, and we are going to do an entire episode on entrepreneurship in the hobby, which should be a lot of fun. Um, in terms of why we wanted to do this episode, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years I retired at 40. I've um, you know, funded several businesses. LZ has 20 years of experience in public and private companies. He's an angel investor as well. And we thought we could kind of bring our knowledge to this space. And actually, like at the end of this, you know, hopefully someone can, you know, DM us or uh, want some mentorship and maybe we can actually get this like rolling. Like I'm happy to, and LZ's happy to, you know you know, take some of this on and help you guys out to like start something. So we're going to have fun. It's going to be a bit of a brainstorm. So uh, Daryl, welcome to the pod, man. Um, thanks for joining. Yo, appreciate y'all having me on. Um, first of all, love what y'all do. Very meaningful things that y'all putting out there. So I want to let you know personally, y'all, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm excited to be on right now. Excellent. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks for your kind words. So we're going to do this in almost like a Shark Tank kind of way. So um, idea number one is going to come from LZ. So he's going to pitch us the idea. And then, Daryl, me and you are going to react to it. Tell him if it's crap. Tell him if it's good. Um, and just kind of like go from there. I'll do the, uh, the second idea. And then, um, then Daryl, you got idea number three. So that's how we'll roll. Um, LZ, you ready to kick this thing off or what? Yeah, I'm ready. I I am ready. I'm I'm built for this. I I love I love pitching ideas. This is this is what I love doing. So yeah, guys, please be please be uh honest and audience be honest as well. Okay. So, first idea is it would be a card pre-grading service. So, I picture any one of us or the audience being at a show, um, maybe you're going around to the different tables and you there's kind of either that dollar bin or those boxes that just have all the raw cards in it. And you you grab some cards, some ones that look interesting, or maybe you even have some at home. And you go over to a table that someone has set up and they're not grading your cards, but they are going to kind of, quote unquote, pre-grade your cards. Um, so... There are some tools out there. Uh, there's kind of these these um, almost like see-through cards that have kind of an overlay of what borders should be and kind of it helps you measure the borders. Um, so my thinking is you get some of those tools, get this this card that the, the, the rulers, uh, maybe a magnifying glass, and you just kind of quickly review the card. Um, I think the more experience you have, Daryl, Nick, I know you guys are, are are probably very good at this already, right? You look at a raw card, you're looking at the borders. You can say just even eyeball, um, you know, the, this this is actually really centered or maybe it's to the left or to the right. So it would be a little bit of that. And this is something I think kind of any teenager can do. You rent a table at a local card show, talking 50 bucks for a table, maybe a little bit more, let's say 100 bucks at the most. And you charge, I don't know, five to $10 a piece to have people come over, 
you do kind of your quick and dirty grade and you say, all right, in my opinion, your, your centering looks really good. Um, three out of your four corners look good, but there is one corner that maybe is a little iffy. Um, and I did look at it with a magnifying glass and I actually didn't see any scratches. So I think the surface area is pretty solid too. So I think this would probably get a nine. And again, you charge five bucks, 10 bucks a pop. Um, so that is, that's it guys. I don't think there's very much, uh, capital involved other than you got to rent a space and you need, I don't know, a $10 magnifying glass and, uh, a ruler and that's about it. So what do you guys think? LZ, uh, I like this idea because there's no capital. I'm like a sucker for, um, for no capital ideas because, you know, if a young kid wants to start this, they don't have tons of money and everything. So I like that. Um, I also like that it's a skill you can kind of acquire. So you can, you can learn about this for free, you know, go, um, go on YouTube, look at, you know, grading, go on PSA's website, see what you think things will grade for. One of the things that scares me a little bit is the whole pre-grading thing where you're like, okay, well, this is a seven and they send it in and you don't get a seven. I worry about repeat business. You got them on the first one. Um, so you almost need to like sandbag it a little bit. <laughs> like this is a six, right? And then if they get better grades, they're like, wow, okay. And then they come back. So, um, but I like the the price point and everything. So um, it's, that's pretty good. I like it. Daryl, what do you, what do you think of this idea? The, the uh, card pre-grading? I like the idea. Um, there's even a company. I feel like, um, one thing is the capital. I love that portion where, you know, you don't have to put up any money. Now, to even to help out or benefit the situation, I know an app called Card Boss, where you're able to take pictures of cards, scan them, and they give you a, um, basically an idea of what the card will get for its grade-wise by using AI technology. So even with that, if you wanted to be more sharper with your answers, um, I think something okay. like that, having like, you know, an app such as that nature, after you look at a car and you feel like, okay, my skills aren't enough, let me go ahead. I can even do an upcharge where we can utilize an AI system. And even that, on what you said, maybe you don't have to lower the grade. Maybe you can just go buy the app. Look, this is what the app says. Um, it's not actually me saying it, it's the app saying it. So with that, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I think it's beneficial to an individual or a kid that would like to make money, but also it's educating them as well. So it's a win-win situation, but once again, you do want to draw them back with that grade. So I would say even with the AI system, uh, it could benefit you. Daryl, love that. Love, love using the technology. There's no reason why you just should be using a magnifying glass. If there is technology, better technology out there, let's use it. And I think the other thing, Daryl, to, to your point, especially teach, teaching teenagers about an opportunity like this is who knows, who knows with this card boss, like they might be able to spin it into a partnership and they might be able to learn how to create a partnership with a company too. So there's a lot of opportunity for, I think, a young, young individual. All right. That was, that was idea number one. Um, All right. Idea number two is me. Uh, so this is my idea. I shared it. I actually shared it on Instagram already, but this, this one, uh, just because my, my nephew is 15 and I always think of like stuff he can do to make some money on the side. Right. So everybody's been to a card show. Everybody that's listening has probably been to one and you walk into a card show and what do the tables have? Tons of cards on them. Right. And these card shows, they've got autographed guests almost all of them, even the smallest shows got like a guest that that's autographing cards. And so you're going around and you don't always come prepared with like, you know, a card to get signed. Like you got to get it at the show. Right. So I was thinking you set up a table at a show, you get that table for 50 bucks or whatever. Right. You learn how to crack cards, get some tile cutters, get some chisels, watch some YouTube videos, figure out how to do it safely and carefully and you can charge, I don't know, five, 10 bucks a card. You set up a table, card cracking services. You get a little bit of business insurance. It's not going to cost a ton of money. 
um, just in case something goes wrong with the chisel or whatever. Um, that's happened to me. And, you know, you, you put it up and I think you can get into this for maybe a hundred bucks for the table and supplies. And that's probably like 10 customers. I know 500 people go through even the smallest show that's local and you get a regional show that could be 5,000 people going through. You think you can get like 10 customers. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, you could, you could make a few grand a month if you got something rolling here, then you start hiring people, additional crackers, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a need for it. What do you guys think? First of all, I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, it's giving kids, um, how shall I say, a creative path on being able to do something that could be productive for them. Um, and as well, you're learning a craft. Um, not many people are cracking slabs. So when you can learn how to do that, do it the right way, and it becomes a method of madness for you, the situations are endless because everybody wants to cross some over, but everyone is not comfortable cracking their own slabs. That might be one of the most might be one of the most awkward things to do in the hobby because you don't want to mess up that card, but you want to have a professional do it. So I think learning the craft is one thing, but also making the business out of it makes it even better for the individual, especially a kid. Okay. Learning the craft. Go to a show. Go to the... There are dollar bins to get slabs because people want to turn over their terrible inventory. So go to a show, buy a bunch of cheap, cheap slabs. A dollar, two dollar slabs. Go on YouTube, learn how to do this. I, I absolutely, I really, really like this idea. Um, Daryl, you said something too. Like I, Nick, with your pitch, you were focused on autographs, but there are plenty of people that just want to cross it over to another company. Like maybe they're building a set um, through SGC, right? And they found a card, and it's it's a PSA, and they just want to get that out of the PSA. So they can then send it to SGC, right? right? So this is not just for autographs, right? Um, this is certainly for autographs because that's one we focus on, but it's crossing over. And then for probably the more, um, the more mature collectors, there are plenty of collectors that look at cards that are in slabs and they're like, why did this thing get graded a six? This is definitely an eight. So they just want to resubmit it. So I think there's kind of a lot of, a lot of opportunity for, for cracking these. Um, I think the one thing that does scare me is you brought up the little business insurance. It's like, oh boy, they're going to have to get some insurance. <laughs> like, oh boy. But I think you're right. I think that's a good recommendation, right? You don't want to be messing around with that. Yeah, so. We're talking pennies on a dollar for business yeah. insurance. And then yeah. if something happens, you can front load the money and say, you know, we have a guarantee up to X dollars. And then if it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't go cracking $10,000 cards, like right off the bat, you know, crack some stuff that's like, you know, some low hanging fruit, but, um, but yeah, I agree. You gotta be careful. Yep. Cool. All right. So All right, we Darryl, got, you're up. We, we got idea number three. What's up, Daryl? What do you got? All right. So this idea, I feel like this, this goes out to the kids um, and what I feel like they can do at shows. And um, it takes no capital to put up. But I was thinking like a team of kids, uh, especially ones that make content nowadays in the hobby. I feel like coming with a committee, a small committee of kids that is helped being ran by the parents and a way of communication could be like email. So bringing in a small committee, say if it's three individuals like the Blake Down, Elijah and um, Kid Reporter. And they all come together with ideas, um, things that they can do at car shows, whether if it's coming together as a team and saying, hey, we want to uh, fix all the chairs and tables at the show and then take everything down. You can make money that way. And that way you're getting in tune with the dealers. Um, there, there, There's content that can be made. So once again, this is for the content creator kid. Uh, and the one that sees others out there doing what he's doing that'll come together, create a committee to where, hey, this is the show I'm going to be at. Let's get together or let's support each other. I'm going to drop this video. Make sure you share it. 
um, I call it a circle of success where kids can come together, small committee of individuals that are content creators, and they help build each other up, whether if it's helping out at a car show, whether if it's content creating, uh, I think it builds people skills. I think it builds uh, communication skills. Um, and then also being able to, you know, function as a content creator, but also kids are being able to be introduced to other ethnicities, other individuals that think differently from them, uh, learning from your next door individual. Uh, so I thought just a committee itself would be pretty cool. Yeah, what's interesting about that is you could almost create a VIP atmosphere. So you get this committee of content creators together at the National or something like that, right? And you've already networked yourself and you can get a cheap space from whoever's running the show at the National. And you could do like a, almost like a cocktail hour. And it's, you know, there's a fee to get in and there's some sort of membership benefit, something like that. You get X dollars off um, this autograph booth or something like that. So it's always good to have like a collaboration or something like that. It's interesting. I guess the the trick there would be making sure that you are um, you're able to connect with these people who are all probably remote and all over the country. That's probably a bit of a challenge. Um, but if you're able to if you're able to pull that off, you can probably probably do something there. All right, Daryl. So a couple thoughts around this, and it it's something it's something that Nick actually brought up too. This, if if you can get some of these kids to actually realize like how almost like powerful and how much influence they have, because you have all of these companies that are trying to understand where the market is going to go, and they want to be picking the brains of the next group of customers that they're eventually going to have, right? Because eventually these kids are 10 years later, they're going to have jobs, they're going to have a disposable income that they can spend. And I think there's actually an opportunity to form a committee like this. Um, and every industry has these, like whether it's the tech industry or the healthcare industry, there every industry has these committees where different individuals get together, they talk about issues, they try to solve problems, they talk about opportunities. And you could invite certain companies in to maybe listen to these talks or listen to the feedback, or maybe there's a readout that these kids put together. Like this was our session. These are the ideas they came up with. And you could then share them with companies to figure out like where the market's going to go. And maybe it's not monetary by sharing it, but it certainly creates a lot of, um, it could be a partnership down the road. It could just be, you know, building relationships. So I think a lot of good could come out of that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for your thoughts on that. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. All right. We're uh, round two. Round two. (laughs) We got idea number four. This was one of the first ideas I had in the business. So um, I know the audience knows I deal in a lot of high-end cards and high-end vintage and autographs and things like that. And I'm obsessed with this movie called Molly's Game. And uh, it's a book too. Essentially, what happens is this this girl who kind of bounces around life a little bit lands in Hollywood as a waitress and goes from a waitress to putting together a very high stakes poker ring in hotel rooms, getting, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and other actors together in a room. They pay a fee to get in and they play for 10, 20 million dollar pots. They have security, they have safes, they have the cash, they got everything you need. And there's literally no overhead. It's it's her and some hors d'oeuvres in a, in, a, in a hotel room. And she made millions of dollars on this before it kind of, I don't want to like spoil it for people, but things got a little crazy after that. Up until that point, it was a nice, legit business. So I got to thinking like, could we do something like this in the card world? You know, we're there's been many times where I've been trying to buy five figure cards and that is a really scary thing. There's a lot of trust involved. There's a lot of cash involved. Sometimes there's flights involved people, you know, things can happen. And I thought like, well, what if there was like a safe space, (laughs) you know, like, like a safe place where we can do this transaction and 
everything's there for me. There could be a, a lawyer with contracts ready to go, like boilerplate contracts for a transaction. Boom, you got your sales contract. There could be a notary to say like this sale actually happened. Boom. You could even, I mean, I'm thinking, think crazy. You could take a cruise offshore and, and avoid taxes, you know, something like that, like a high-end cruise. Now, this isn't something a 17-year-old can probably put together, but there may be a version of this. There's different versions, right? That would be like the mm -hmm. super crazy tier uh, that you could do. But a lesser version of this would be something like the trade nights that happen, you know, where you could you could charge a fee instead of a free trade night that happens on a hotel floor, you know, you rent a hotel room for a few hundred bucks, you get a deal on it or whatever you can. And to get into that hotel room to conduct, you know, organized trades, you charge 20 bucks a head or something like that. Maybe you can rip through two, 300 people into that hotel room and uh, you've got like a fee and you know, maybe you do have some hors d'oeuvres, have some nachos, have something there. Right. And like have, um, you could probably hire a security guard too, if you're doing that, like if you're worried about something getting crazy. So I'm just thinking like some kind of club, that you can get in and, and transact safely. So that's my idea. Yeah, the idea the idea scared me when you first started talking about it, right? Because I was thinking of a teenager. Um, knowing, because I've seen that movie, I haven't read the book, but knowing where the movie goes, like things definitely take a turn for the worse. <laughs> and um, I think you just got to be careful knowing where that line is. But like the last two seconds of your pitch, Nick, where you said, just create a club. I do wonder if there's something there. There is something there about creating some sort of, let's kind of quote unquote, elite club that you have to pay to belong to. And it opens the doors to a certain level, a certain tier of card that you're looking for. So I think I think that's it. Now, if we were, if we were saying... Let's come up with ideas for a 35-year-old. Then yeah, maybe, maybe Molly's game is is, but I I love I, I like the very end of that with the club, the club idea. Sure. Daryl, what yeah. do you think? Uh I, I think it's a very cool idea. Uh one to be very cautious about, yes. Um, but the fact that the reason why I think this is pretty dope is because um I want to say about seven years ago when I was heavily into music, um, there was a label in Cleveland that was looking for artists. And what they was doing was they had a ballroom where they had people performing, but they was conducting all the business meetings in the hotel room. So there's you as the artist and there's like three other individuals that are asking you questions, things of that nature. So when I think about that, Yes, if you put the professional individuals into place, and once again, it could be a safe place. That could be a cold word that people may know. Um, you're not just going to have random people going to the hotel room like that. Um, I would say it needs to be RSVP, which means you get a cold word or something like that, or you get the room number, um, and you get a tally of who's going to come in, Who's going to be there? So if, you know, 20 people got this RSVP, it needs to be only 20 people coming here. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be 25, 30. So I think there's ways of being able to keep that and contain it and make it a professional setting. Um, but once again, um, coming from an adult, yes, but then coming from a teenager, it gets interesting. But we can get parents behind it. Right. I mean, hey, I used to have hotel parties all the time with my friends and my mom would be in the next room over uh, knowing what the heck is going on. If you play sports, you did the same thing. Yeah. About three, three players in one room. Y'all probably got five rooms next to each other. So long story short, I think it's pretty dope. It all depends on the maturity of the individual. Right, right. Excellent. All right, so we got... Um... Idea number five. And Daryl, this one's coming from you, man. So coming in hot. What's next? Yes, yes. All right. So it's an idea that I had, actually that idea for myself that hmm. I wanted to share. It's just even with child thoughts. So, awesome. Um, it took no money. It took a lot of study and other hobby. But I felt like if you educate yourself right, you can do it. Um, I started an after-school program. 
uh, teaching kids about sports cards, but I made it very educational, meaning you're going to learn about statistics. Um, you're going to learn about the players. You're going to learn how the statistics of these numbers are brought together. So if your player averaged 17 yards per game, you look at all the games that he played, you should know how to tally that up, which means you're exposing kids to sports cards. You're exposing kids to learn something about sports cards. But then on top of that, some of my kids in after school program, they have their own eBay account that is ran by their parents. So the money that they make off selling cards now goes to their tuition fund. Uh, it's what they've been collecting, not buying, but what they've been collecting uh, now can be put up for auction. That Pokemon card that they looking to sell now, okay, boom, they sold it. They learned the, pr the principles of knowing how to collect, knowing how to sell, and other aspects on that on being a business individual. So once again, I think even creating a program for kids, once again, making it educational, uh, knowing where you would want to do it at. Like I say, I feel like that's the most money you would be looking into is finding that space to have that. But I think it takes little or no money to be able to do it. You just got to make it educational and make it kid friendly and want parents to get into it. So. That awesome. was an idea. It's something I like. I said I did for myself, but just curious to hear even y'all thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, this it's cool. I got a couple strong thoughts about this. So I this is what I call a hit the pavement business. So you you can pull this off with just some some grinding. All schools across the country will enjoy an entrepreneurship or something, I mean, that you'd have to spin this in a way that it benefits the school and the children in the school and it matches the curriculum. But if you do and you get something like, it's like an after-school entrepreneurship program and that involves eBay and sports cards and trading or something like that, or you could bend it towards the sports angle too, that would probably work. All you have to do is get a couple schools to say yes. And then it's like, well, you know, this school in Chicago they're crushing it, man. The kids love it. Look at these reviews. Here's a here's a case study. Get the teacher to like write down what actually happened. Then you're off to the races. You know, can you do this virtually? Then if you can do it virtually, holy crap. You know, now you can start hitting the whole country, right? Like the school in Philly might be interesting. You could eventually franchise it or whatever. But I think, you know, I wouldn't worry so much about the space because the school's got space. You know, they're already there, right? Like they're going to be there. So you just use the, what space the school has. Um, you know, you're going to need some materials and things like that, but this is very low overhead. It's really, this is a selling hit the pavement business where you have to communicate. It's a numbers game. A hundred schools might say no, but a couple will say yes. Once you get those yeses, it's off to the races. Okay. I, I was, I, I, I love the idea. Um, I'm big into just, you know, educating and giving back. And this is kind of that hit that, that hits home here, right? Daryl, like you're, you've, you've learned all of these things over the years and you've really become an expert. And now you want to give back, you want to start teaching and who knows, you're trying to turn it into a, to a business as well. But when you were talking, I immediately thought, how do you do this virtually? How do you do this almost in a recorded fashion? where where you can legitimately make money while you're sleeping right i think let's just like use you like if if you were to do it you you are not your typical boring high school teacher right you're just like a cool guy that like people look up to you you know you're a face on instagram and people would like love learning from you or let's even bring it back like if a teenager wanted to do this like Think about like learning from one of your peers as opposed to this boring teacher that you're used to listening to in high school, right? And you do wonder if you could record it. And you, maybe it's one of those kind of content creators like you were talking about earlier, Daryl, right? Someone who's really good at creating content, kind of flashy, makes his videos appealing, he or she, and you just, you find a way to get it out there. You create like this online learning platform that is just cool, right? It's not learning math in the boring way. It's like, you know what? You're going to learn math and business, but I'm going to bring sports to statistics in there. I'm going to bring card collecting in there. 
I'm going to bring entrepreneurship in there. And it, it could be like this very interesting way of learning many different subjects. Right. It could be pretty, it could be cool. That the school has cool. to pay a subscription fee to, to, uh, you know, access. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did never, I never thought about it that way. Y'all just blew my mind with that. <laughs> I'm so All right. serious. That was a good one. That was All right, a good one. Good. That was Thank a good you, Daryl. All right. So we are on to idea number six. This one is from LZ, right? Okay. This one, we've been talking about capital and how you need capital. And most of them we said, well, you're going to need a little bit of capital. I actually don't think you need any capital for this idea. Like literally nothing. You need maybe an online presence whatever, Facebook, Instagram. I, whenever, whenever I go to places, I, I studied innovation um, back when I used to go to school. And, and one of the things it's called ethnography studying. And, and what you do is you go anywhere and you just start watching people looking for problems. And when you find a problem, maybe something that they're having difficulty with, you kind of say to yourself, well, what sort of solution could I come up with to kind of help them with this problem? So one of the problems that I see at a show, this is going to have an autograph focus again. I know we focus on autographs a lot, but this is you go to a show and you want to get your favorite celebrity, your favorite athlete's autograph, and you pay whatever amount of dollars to get into the show. You pay X amount of dollars to get your autograph. And all this this great stuff is happening in the other room where all the tables are. And you are in another room, standing in line, waiting to get your autograph for it could be an hour. I have been in line for close to an hour waiting for an autograph at an autograph show. And while I'm waiting in line, I'm saying to myself, I'm definitely missing out on any deals happening in that other room. I'm thinking about all those steals, all these cards that I wanted to get that somebody else is getting now. So that is a problem. And I believe a teenager could set up a service where he or she will wait in line for you. You will charge five bucks a card, $10 a card. Maybe it's even a a tier pricing where you say, all right, I'm going to charge you $10, but if I get more than 20 people or 20 cards, I'm only going to charge you $5 a card. And you have maybe three different shifts. The first shift is at 10 a.m. So you're taking orders. 10 a.m. is the first time I'm getting going to get in line, everybody. You can meet me at the front door, or maybe you get a booth if you want to make it really official. Meet me at my booth or the corner, and I'll collect your cards. Um and you give me the tickets that you have to get the autographs and I'll just go wait in line for you and you can go have fun in the collector's room and do whatever you want. And then you get all the cards and you say, meet me back, meet me back in, at my table in an hour and I'll have all the cards for you. So that is literally zero capital. <laughs> what do you guys think? Man, it's like line line filling or line sitting is a, an actual real business. So you get like the Jimmy Fallon show, the literal, you cannot buy Jimmy Fallon tickets. You have to wait in line and people pay hundreds of dollars to have people literally sit in line so you can get his tickets. It happens at concerts. It happens everywhere. Time is money. So you're happy to trade some money to get that time back. My concerns would be just like the trust, like, all right, this kid's going to run off to, you know, like, is he going to hold the line? Is he going to like go to lunch and forget about the line? So there just needs to be some gravitas. There's got to be like some trust there, you know, make, make like a company out of it, have give, give a business card with your number and everything. So it's super official, have reference on the back of that card or something like that. Um, and I think as long as trust is there, like, hell yeah. I mean, who's not going to, if somebody came out to me and said like, Hey, do you not want to wait in line? Um, you can pay me at the end then I would do it. If somebody wanted the money first, I'd be like, that's a little weird, you know, cause you just like leave. But as long as they got the money at the end, I think it would be okay. I like, I like the idea. Um, it's two, two things was, was what uh, he mentioned as well, was that, you know, that trust factor 
But I think a good way of building trust is um, either having a police officer escort or a, a security guard that's already working there to help just escort that individual back and forth to where you can gain that trust. Mm. Um, also, um, if the situation was and I and I vision to where I'm able to see this kid leave from me to go wherever you need to go and come back like in eye distance uh, and I'm able to see the whole thing. So it depends on how the line is dressed up, um, how far the individual has to go. But I think it's a service that could be in place. If at the national, you're, you got people paying uh, an extra hundred some dollars in order to skip lines, then I'm pretty sure somebody will be willing to pay an individual to go around, come with them items, get that autograph. Now, yes, you are going to miss the opportunity of seeing that person. That's the other key portion. Uh, mm -hmm. If you really wanted to meet so-and-so and get that autograph and have that experience, yes. But if you're looking to just try to get that autograph and get as much as you can, because I know a lot of people go to the National just to go to TriStar, just to get uh, a whole seat sign mm. by baseball players. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it's a place for that. And uh, I think it's a good idea. It's, um, once again, just building that trust factor. And I think that could be done with either a police officer or a security guard that's already working the event. Well, what about just your mother? Maybe you can convince your mother to come with you. Your mother's trusting or your grandmother. Maybe My you have a healthy grandmother, right? <laughs> your, your grandmother's going to wait in line with you, right? Come on. Who doesn't trust a grandmother? Hey, bring the whole family out. Look, yeah. This is my family. This is what we do. We're going to make sure we, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, cooking with grease a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, we talk about partnerships. You know, Disney's got fast pass. There's no reason you can't become the official line waiting service of the national. You know, you right. show racial day or the committee that this is a value add for the conference. It makes things more efficient, more autographs get signed ultimately. Uh, you know, maybe you're on the flyer and you, you've got some, some cred then. More autographs being signed, Nick, but also more people on the floor buying product too. Bingo, bingo. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, maybe Ray will hear this and, and think it's a good idea. Like I said, I just want to remind the audience, if anybody wants to try this stuff out, I am happy. LZ and I, I'm sure yes. Daryl, we, we are well. totally happy to mentor mm -hmm. you and, and make this happen. And I feel like we're going to have a few of these pop up. So, all right. Good idea, LZ. I like it. The grandma thing is awesome. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, idea number seven, um, Daryl, this is your last idea. So make it a good one, man. Let's hear it. Yes, yes, yes. So this was very interesting, right? And um, I, I, I put like some thought into it. it. It's not fully complete, but it's something that I wanted to do personally as well. Um, so I was thinking in my head, and, and this is something that me and a friend wanted to do. I hate to say, yeah, it's gonna take some capital. It's gonna it's gonna take maybe some money, depending on the individual things of that nature. But I don't see nobody doing this right now. What if you could get with like Netflix? And, and I know this this is pushing for the moon, guys. This is pushing for the moon. Get with Netflix, PBS, um, Disney, and create a series or a show that could help educate kids about sports cars, but not only the sport car, but the player that's on the car. So I was thinking in my head, you had Magic School Bus meets um, uh, my friend Mark. And basically it's kids that go to a car shop. They see this guy that works at the car shop and he tells them, hey, have you heard about this car? And when they touch the car or the graded car, say if it's Muhammad Ali, they go back in time and they learn about Muhammad Ali. Whether if it's even a five-second series where you can get someone to make this on Fiverr for like 
20 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that. But once again, I think if you could get someone like Netflix, Disney behind it, um, you can make it very educational. Once again, kids go to a car shop, they grab the car, and all of a sudden they go back, Muhammad Ali, and they learn about how many punches did he throw in the fight. Or they learn about his ethnicity, mm -hmm. uh, where he's from. Um, you learn about the state that he grew up in. What's the state flag? What's the state um, food? You know, you you learn about so much, not just only the player, but as well their culture. And you can do this with guys like Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, I just thought some like a mini short series that you can get done by somebody on Fiverr for like $25, $50 an episode and be able to pitch it off to someone like Netflix and really get the ball rolling. Like I say, it's pushing for the stars, but I think it's an idea that nobody is not particularly doing in the hobby. Daryl, I don't think it's pushing for the stars. I think your idea it's a it's a good idea, but your idea you're almost you're you're trying to like very quickly go too far with it, okay? What I think you can do, why can't you create these on your own with the help of Fiverr on YouTube? Exactly. It's all about content. You know about content. Content is key, right? Like yeah. it's all around just building these. Tell yourself that all right, maybe maybe you have to mow a bunch of lawns, okay? So you're mowing lawns on the weekend to have uh, capital of $50 a week to go and, and you, you tell yourself, I'm going to create three of these every week, or maybe even one every week. And a year later, you got 50, you got a hundred of these things. And then you go to Netflix or exactly. PBS or sports illustrated for kids or any one of these big companies. And you say, Hey, look at all this content I've created. That's what you do. Right. What else is talking about here is leverage. So in scenario A, you're going to Netflix and begging or trying and, and trying to get on. You, you don't want to do that. You want to come back when there's leverage. You want to have a successful YouTube channel that's getting traction that Netflix is jealous of and they would love to have a piece of. Then you go to Netflix with strength instead of vulnerability and, you know, like with your, your, that's the way to do it. So, um, you know, you, it, it's funny, like the, the world is very flat now. Anybody, everybody has got a phone for the most part, and you just take that phone and leverage that phone and you can, you can make it happen, you know? So yes. that's what I would do. I agree. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the whole magic school bus thing that you said, like, yeah. it, it's all about kind of, telling a story and framing it the right way. You did a really good job of framing it. I, I thought what I thought of was kind of the Saturday morning, like cartoon informative yes. shows that I used to watch when I was a kid. And that's like immediately what I thought of reading that's rainbow. It. Yeah. Reading <laughs> rainbow. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yep. man. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. So that was idea number seven. We got mm -hmm. two more left. Um, this is idea number eight. This is my last idea. All right. So we're going to call this card hunting. My uh, my Instagram is Boston Card Hunter. So why not? Um, this is something I deal with all the time. So I have to find really rare stuff and it drives me nuts. And I have to network like crazy. I got to join 12 Facebook groups. I got to watch 12 auctions. I got to talk to people. I got to go on Instagram and I, I got to beg and, and just look everywhere I possibly can on earth to find the cards I need. And I actually have put out there many times um, a finder's fee, sometimes as much as $500. And I have paid it multiple times. And I've just said, hey, you find this, no questions asked, just for the introduction to the person who has the card, 500 bucks. And I paid it. Um, and I was thinking, you know, this is almost like club promoting. Like back in the day, like you're just trying to network the right people into the right place. And you are being paid as a conduit. Like you are the mechanism to make that happen. So... My idea is you, you maybe you started on Instagram, maybe you started on Facebook, but you're, you are the networker of cards. Like you, there is, there is not a card in the world you can't find or a person you can't connect with. 
and you charge for that service. It could be a percentage of the ultimate purchase price, or it could be a flat fee, um, depending on how it works out. And, and all you are is a networker. This is literally free. So I don't know. What do you guys think? It is free. It is free. Um, I, I love using it's using your strength, right? You've built up, you've built up this, uh, this Rolodex or this, this group of contacts and you're just going to try to monetize it, which I love. Um, I guess the, the only thing I'm thinking of, especially with our focus. So maybe this actually isn't for, is this, did you have this in mind for a teenager? Could a teenager do this, Nick? You know, maybe they could find lower end cards and mm -hmm. it's like a $10 finder's fee. All of this is scalable, right? Yep. Like, you know, you can scale down, you could find a hundred dollar rookie card and charge $5 for finding it. Although, you know, and, and some of those parallels are tough to find and they may not be a ton of money and they're just, they're just tough because mm -hmm. there's so many, mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah. Or, or it could just be, there's no reason why um they couldn't charge to be a hunter at a card show like all right you tell me what you want i'm gonna go to the local card show this weekend i'm gonna try to search it out and find it myself i'll go through every box in the whole room and try to find it for you so yeah i, I like the idea of scaling it daryl what do you think so for me personally when i think about this idea i think of like an app called middleman where mm. like you know like for card collectors like it, it so this could work on two different aspects the people that know how to do networking and know how to find what you can find what you need to find far as in cards it can be like a service where like hey you pay for the service it's a monthly service or something like that and people pay for it for people to help find them cards and let's say even with that being said let's say there's a certain card of a player that you're looking for Go to every auction house. Go to everything that you can find on that 2002 card on Kobe Bryant, wherever it is, and find them 2002 cards for me. Um, I think even, like, an app like that itself could work out. Or, like you said, something called, like, the middleman, where you are a service. You are a networking service where I can find what you need no matter what. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a dope idea. Um, and even on top of that, really don't have to put up the money if you good with networking it should come easy to you i think it should be a plus service so i actually actually like that idea it's really all about the hard work what you know and who you know yeah mm -hmm. that's gonna be the biggest thing mm -hmm. and then even if that business doesn't work out think of the value of that network so you now have met these people that they could benefit your life and and who knows what ways right so so Daryl, you said one thing and, and Nick, you said in the previous thing, time is money. And Daryl, what you said, something else clicked around the teenager thing. Mm -hmm. You as a teenager could certainly have bookmarked on your web browser. Let's call it 50 websites. There's a bunch of auction houses. There's Facebook pages. There's Instagram. There's all these different websites where you know you can find cards. And you get some adult who doesn't have the time to go try to find that Kobe Bryant card. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why you can't go and search and research and find that card. It doesn't necessarily even mean you have to talk to somebody. You just know all the websites, the Reddit feeds, the, the Craigslist sites, whatever it is. And you just go one by one down looking for it for those people. So that could be another yes. way of starting too. Excellent. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, yep. I had someone look for a Dennis Rodman card that I was looking for for two years. I asked someone about it. They say, yeah, I know where you can find that card. <laughs> Man, they found, they, they sent me that card in five minutes. Oh. <laughs> I was sick. I was like, y'all, I was looking for this card for two years and they found it in five minutes. Mm -hmm. There you go. And, yeah, and the only person I knew that had it, they was in Paris. So once again, um, yeah, yeah, all right. I like, I, I, I like, I, I like that idea because it, it helped benefit me. I, I told the guy, I was like, "Yo, I pay. Like, you, you didn't have to find that car." He was like, "Bro, you good? I know you wanted it." So that's great. Nice. Well, we always joke about the middleman, but sometimes the middleman does pretty well. So mm -hmm. 
All right. That mm-hmm. was my middleman. <laughs> I, I like that. It. All right. Um, last and final idea. Idea number nine. This one's coming yes. from LZ. Okay. LZ, what do we got? All right. Last idea. We've been focusing a lot on card shows themselves. This last one, we did kind of, we, we've kind of been bringing up some virtual ones too. You know, I come from a tech background. So I do actually want to talk to the audience. Maybe there is some teenagers in the audience that maybe is really interested in engineering, maybe has kind of built some simple app before and maybe wants to take on this challenge. So this one is not like a short-term one. There's going to be a little bit of time needed for this. Daryl, you'll probably be good just to tell me if something like this exists today. Um, It all comes, time is money, right? When, and I'm going to bring it back to card shows, but it's actually, I want someone to create this app. When I go to a card show, especially one of the bigger ones, I look at the the big room and I see, let's see a hundred tables, 300 tables, a thousand tables. And I have my list of like five cards that I really want to try to find today. I get very overwhelmed. How am I going to go through these 300 tables and find these five cards. So the app would be two days before the card show, these dealers upload to the app their table number, their business name, and the cards that they're going to be selling at the show. Now, I know many dealers actually do that on their own, on their Instagram. Like, hey, these are the cards I'm going to have. But you do that, you upload the cards. These are the cards I'm going to have at my show. And then me as the consumer, I log on the night before the show, the morning of the show, and I scroll through it when I say, okay, table 50 has my card, table 80 has my card. I'm going to go and seek out those tables. Or you could take it a step further and you could be part of the purchase. You could be the middleman. You could do a digital purchase of that card. And that is a way of actually, you know, making some money off of the deal itself. You can connect it to PayPal or whatever you want. So there's kind of two aspects of it. One is to help people hunt down their cards at a show. It helps the dealers too, because it drives people to their tables. And then secondly, because I think some people get a little nervous, especially the younger generation kind of having to have that back and forth negotiation and, I know a lot of people love to do things over apps now and virtually. So this could be a way of kind of tapping into people who maybe feel uncomfortable having that conversation and and uh, having to barter back and forth with people. Does it exist? What do you guys think of the idea? Oh man, I, I actually have a few thoughts because this this is this situation has happened to me. So I I needed a Larry Bird nineteen eighty six Fleer card at a local show, and I was like, where in the bleep am I going to find this thing? There's just so many tables. And it's funny, I went on Instagram and the show promoter said, hey, go back left middle table, it's there. And it was there. Now, what you're saying is great. Like if you if you use the Target app or the Walmart app, they, they tell you what aisle like the shampoo is in and all of that. Um, I would like to say there is a low tech version of this you can do. So this might be a pain for dealers to upload cards and things like that. But I don't think it's a terrible pain for them to just send you pictures of their showcases, which contains most of the information. You can glance at them. And imagine this, you could put a little book together with a map, dealer, photos. You know, you go to Staples, whatever, maybe a hundred bucks, you throw a bunch of books together, you charge two bucks for a book right at the entrance. You know, give 50 cents a book to the, to the show owner. And, and now you've got like something that's really helpful. It's gonna save people time. And hey, you can maybe even sell ads in the books, you know, if you get enough exposure, right? So that's like the low tech version. You could just throw mm. some booklets together to just save people time and help the dealers promote their inventory. But I don't know. I dig it. Daryl, what do you think, man? All right. So doing like doing my research like in my head, okay, does something like this exist, right? Mm-hmm. there's nothing like this I don't think exists because there's a friend, this is interesting, but I had a conversation with a friend. He was like, yo, Doc, he's like, you travel at all these car shows. What if you created an app that has all the information about each and every car show that you're going to go to or just throughout the country and people able to, you know, keep in touch with the car shows. 
I love your idea because with your idea, not only you can work with the card shows, but you can actually partner with the shows on an app. Okay, look, this is, you don't have the show information here. All the dealers are here. Uh, you got their information. Uh, and as well, you got all the cards that they are bringing, their information. And if you're able to get with a card show, like you say, a day or two beforehand, I mean, you can't you can't lose. Depending mm -hmm. on the dealers, let's say if only out of a hundred dealers, seventy five of them did it, I take seventy five dealers oh, out of a hundred, even mm -hmm. fifty, at least fifty of them utilizing the app, and fifty percent of the people could be utilizing it too. So I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it's definitely moving innovation, innovational. If I said that right, or just for its innovation in the hobby, mm -hmm. that right there, what you just explained, that 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 that's it. And I'm, it. I'm not sure if it was something bad I could like say about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think that's pretty dope. Yeah, the right. dealers. Let's say 50 dealers do this. It's an arms race. Those dealers oh, yeah. have an advantage. They now they have an advantage over the other dealers and. You just got to get a few to do it, and mm -hmm. they sell a few more cards. The the dealers talk; they're like you know housewives. Like it's gonna like they're all gonna talk, and they'd be like, "Wow, this this little app like helped me sell like five more cards, and it was like free." And you just ask for some pictures, and um, you yeah. you license it to either you license it act directly to the dealer, or you license it to the card show themselves. There are plenty of local card shows that actually have a show like every weekend. You could license to that card show and charge them, I don't know, $10,000 a year. And it gives them unlimited licenses to, to send it out to their dealers. I think, you know, it could be, it could be big. All right. I'm glad you guys like that idea. Oh, man. All right. This is, uh, <laughs> this was a wild, this is like a fun rapid fire brainstorm. I mean, we just rattled off like nine ideas. So before we close things down, uh, I wanted to make sure that, this this wasn't just a brainstorm like the audience listening if you if any of you want to try some variation of these ideas all three of us are willing to help mentor possibly even provide capital um if you've got a good enough business plan and, and head on your shoulders so you know and, and we'll help you along the way maybe maybe even get you on the pod and like report on on how it's going like some of these are just like they have to be tried so uh you know, like, just, just do it. Like if you guys, if you, if you're feeling it, like go try some of this and hit us up, you know, I'd be happy to help. Yeah. Please, please do. Please do. I, I, Nick, I would love to connect with somebody who, who reaches out to us and have them on, on a monthly or even a quarterly basis to check in on how their project is going. I think that'd be, that would be, that would be really cool. So yeah, let's see where it goes, everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm open for that. You know, I, I definitely want to see y'all reaching out. I want to see people reaching out with ideas after this. Um, I know me being a guest, but I'm hoping I'm hoping the next individual that sees this and learns from this will want to hop on and tell their story, tell their, you know, their dreams like this. I know we had ideas, but someone out here might be dreaming this. Someone out here might yeah. be like, yo, that's my idea and and want to get more in depth on it. So what y'all have created and um just being a part of it, yo, just being able to give off ideas, creativity. I love what y'all doing. I want to be able to see more people on here as well you know telling their stories or you know their business plans on what they got in their head trying to you know make dreams into reality yeah of course daryl thank you you know you've been been a great guest i know you're busy you're you're jumping from thing to thing man you're like the busiest guy in the hobby uh as, as <laughs> dr collectible so we appreciate you taking a solid you know solid chunk of time with us and, and going through these ideas thanks again no thank you once again, I was bamboozled by your posts and the things that you said and the idea that you had. So to once again be on here with y'all too, thank you for y'all time. I know y'all are busy individuals as well. So 
to be able to sit back Sunday night and uh, talk ideas just on business, I'm all for it. Cool. Cool. We'll probably have to do this again. Excellent. Definitely. I'm I'm down for it. Great. Thanks, Daryl. LZ. Thanks, everyone. All right, everyone. That was another episode of Sports Card Madness. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please take a few seconds and subscribe wherever you get them, and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) 